Don't have to prove anything, my love. You don't have to impress me. There's no need to fear anything in my love. Come, come and rest a while. Come lay down your weary head now. the most common things I hear from people is that like, oh, I am not like creative or I'm not an artist or like a really unwillingness to kind of try something different. And I think it just comes from reframing our like viewpoint and creativity and, and I mean, even just living a creative life, you know, or living a creative story of some point, I think it's just like the most beautiful thing that you can do. This of a prayer and a pen. For as long as I can remember, I have been an avid believer in the power of the doodle. (laughs) Looking back on basically all of my school books, journals, workbooks, you name it, I almost always had entire margins filled with small drawings or bubble letters, general doodles. I got into trouble more than once for this in my younger school days, always accused of not paying attention to the teacher or the assignment because of my drawings. But one day in a math class my junior year of high school, when a teacher yet again (laughs) told me to pay attention and stop doodling I said to him and I am admitting here it was a little bit rude so I'm sorry but I told him hey I am an A student (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) and my point was my incredibly insightful point may I add that doodling wasn't actually taking away from my studies at all in fact we know now thanks to some incredible research done over the past decade that doodling can actually help some brains to retain more information. The engagement of the hand with the mind can actually serve as a means to learn and as a means to grow. And I thought a lot, a lot about this when I started thinking about this season and beauty. Because when I joined Instagram this past year, I noticed an incredible amount of people using the careful art of pen to paper to communicate the gift of truth through the gift of beauty. Last episode was all about a popular artistic medium, the graphic arts and t-shirt design. And today, it's not just about the medium, but it's about the process of creating itself. Why are people, particularly women, so drawn to the creative works of pen to paper? 
whether through free drawing, doodling with scripture, or the art of calligraphy, or what many call hand lettering. Why is it that now, in this time, so many seem not simply to want, but to need, to need, to engage with the art of pen to paper? So I decided to seek out this answer for myself, and I knew just who to talk to first. We're calling this first part, listeners, Praying with the Doodle. My name is Sybil Macbeth, and I grew up in Baltimore, and I have a undergraduate degree in math from Randolph-Macon College. And then when I was 40, I got a master's in math uh, from the College of William and Mary. And I started teaching math in a community college in Virginia Beach and did that for mm, 14 years until we moved to Memphis. And I reached out to Sipple, not exactly because of her first profession, because as much as I find people who actually like math to be fascinating, <laughs> that's half my family, by the way, my mom, my brother, my husband. <laughs> and I also really love Virginia Beach. It's where my brother lives. But I actually reached out to Sipple because of something I found online when I began my research about the rise of hand lettering. You see, Sipple is married to an Episcopal priest, and over the years, she has followed her husband to his different assignments. Along the way, herself taking up different professions, including teaching, writing materials for breastfeeding moms, and of course, raising her children. And then for the last... Hmm, close to 15 years, I've mostly been doing writing and workshops about prayer and, you know, visual prayer, doodling in prayer. Yep, you heard that right, folks. <laughs> doodling in prayer. You see, I reached out to Sipple because it occurred to me that in order to understand the phenomenon of the rise of hand lettering, we need to understand the spirituality of praying with our hands. And who better than the woman who has spent the last two decades teaching and learning about praying through the pen? So first, let's briefly go back to the beginning, to the origins of how Sybil herself discovered the power of the doodle in her prayer life. So it basically came out of my own prayer desperation. That tends to be the way I learn things, you know, when, when I have to. And Probably 17 years ago, all of a sudden, a whole bunch of people in my family, friends, and relatives were diagnosed with all different kinds of cancers, like brain cancer, breast cancer, skin cancer, lymphoma. And it was kind of like, what do I do with this? I mean, I would say my puny little, what felt like puny prayers, you know, please, God, um, let Peter feel no pain. Please let Sue live to see her kids graduate from high school. And, uh, you know, my, my prayers just felt small. And while Sybil obviously recognizes that God still loved those prayers too, <laughs> her own spiritual life started to be affected by the suffering she saw taking place all around her. So in order to find some peace and really calm her nerves during a very difficult time, Sybil turned to a practice she had used since her youth. Somewhere 
somewhere along the line, a friend of mine gave me permission to doodle. And when I, and when I say doodle, I don't usually doodle things that look like things. I just start drawing shapes and adding lines and sort of letting the pen take me for, for a walk. So, so one day when I was doodling on my back porch, this was at the end of a semester of teaching math in Virginia Beach, and I was on my porch and I sort of had a ritual of taking out my colored markers and pens. And I started doodling and I had done some sort of a random shape. And this is when my friends were all experiencing these illnesses. And I was drawing a shape and adding lines. And I realized I'd written the name Sue in the middle of the doodle. And Sue was my sister-in-law who had stage four lung cancer and two kids still high school age. And I just kept looking at her name and adding some lines and dots and added color. And I realized after a while that what I was doing is I was praying for her, that I didn't have the words, but I was with her and it really felt like God was there too. And I didn't, I didn't need to have the words. God didn't need me to have the words, but what I needed to do was be present to both Sue and to God. And Sybil realized that if she could do that for Sue, she could do that for all of the others on her prayer list too. And before long, she had a beautiful page of all of the people in her life who needed her prayers. All of the people who were suffering and sick, those who meant so much to Sybil, she couldn't quite form the words to articulate how much they meant to her. She instead let the pen do the work. And then, and this is why I'm talking to Sybil today, something else happened. And because I had done that with my hand, it came back to me during the day. I think my brain took a sort of a digital image of that. And because I, you know, had done that, those names would, and that picture would come back to me. And when it did, I could pray for them again. And I could pray for them by just releasing them into God's care and saying, God, you know what they need. I don't. And it's this part of Sybil's story, which made me want to reach out. I became quickly fascinated by this because of something Sybil just said. I think my brain is wired that way. (laughs) And I thought, well, are we all wired this way? In other words, is there something about praying with our hands and then into the visual space, which brings out a version of who we were meant to be? All along. The Harvard Health website had an article about doodling and memory, and there's lots of other places. And they, you know, they consistently say it helps with stress, it helps with focus, concentration, it encourages sort of humor, um, it's a way to deal with your emotions. So if there are actual scientific studies to doodling in our everyday tasks or our intellectual pursuits, then it only makes sense that there could be spiritual benefits as well. And that while I was doing the doodling, I was not worrying for them. So a lot of that was about releasing them into God's care. But then at the end, I also had this visual, and I call it an icon, not the icon in the true sense of the word, but that it was a way of seeing God through those little silly doodles. 
and that I could take that picture with me and hang it up so I could put it on the refrigerator or next to my computer. And every time I looked at it, it was a prompt for me to pray. The process of praying with the pen, praying through the art of the doodle, simply started as a way to pray for other people as another form of intercessory prayer. And she continued her practice of praying with the pen, but she didn't tell anyone (laughs) except her husband and her spiritual director for over a year. It is until Sybil moved to Memphis for her husband's job, and it was there she met a woman who would go on to change her life. And then when we moved to Memphis, I met this woman named Phyllis Pickle, and Phyllis probably wrote 40 books, and she considered herself, she called herself a religionist, which meant she studied American religion. And she was a devout uh, Christian and, you know, who um, prayed the hours and, you know, just, and I, she was the only person I had ever heard of when I moved to Memphis, Tennessee. I mean, like I knew nobody. So we arranged to have lunch and I kind of, I took my my journal with me. And I said, I just, I just want to show you this. This is, um, this is kind of how I've been praying lately. And she was a almost six foot tall woman with white hair and great presence. And she looked at it and she said, you're going to write a book about this. And that book would be published in 2006 called Praying in Color. Over the years, Phyllis served as a mentor for her, advising her on her books and her career. And because of the success of her book, Sybil formed an entire ministry dedicated to teaching others how to engage in prayer with pen and paper. She leads seminars for Christians across denominations, including Catholics, (laughs) as well as for staff at hospitals and retreat centers, teachers, and close groups of friends. Sybil eventually came out even with a kid's version about how to pray in color. But she came to a realization that I think might get at the heart of this rise of hand lettering. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot in my own time working on this episode. Many of us, I think in response to the busyness of our lives and the just complete barrage of images and stuff, right? Stuff that our culture throws at us. I think many of us long for stillness. We long for rest, right? But sometimes we convince ourselves as a result that any movement (laughs) is somehow counter to true rest. But what Sybil discovered and what our other hand letterers today discovered is sometimes the opposite is actually true. For me also, it invited my body into the prayer. And I'm a very physical person. I've been a dancer my whole life. I was an athlete in high school. And I don't get still by sitting still. Um, You know, prayer, prayer forms like centering prayer drive me crazy. Because my body wants <laughs> my body wants to be part of the prayer. So even in church, sometimes I find myself like rocking a little bit because that way my body, my whole body gets included in the prayer. And I think just even the mo- movement of my hand on a piece of paper, my body says, okay, I'm part of this too. And so I will let you have, you know, I'll let you do this for a while <laughs> rather than complaining, you know. A few weeks ago, I was talking with a Hebrew scholar friend of mine about the word ruah, or ruach in Hebrew. In the scriptures, including the New Testament, ruah can be translated as spirit, but it is often also translated as breath and wind. There's a very physical, very natural 
component to Ruach. My friend told me that it is only recently, really the past century or two, that we have separated the physicalness of God's spirit. We have created the two realms, the physical and the spiritual. And as a result, it has in many ways created an existential chaos, right? Because our bodies have a part to play too in our spiritual journeys. And this is something the church, particularly through the liturgy, has basically been shouting at us ever since the beginning of her existence. Well, and I, you know, I think what I love about the, the Mass and the Liturgy and the Episcopal Church and the Catholic Church is that our bodies really are involved, you know, and we do, we stand, we sit, we kneel. And I, rosaries and, and prayer beads have become much more popular, popular. And that's, in some ways, that's sort of the, a tactical, a tactile way of of praying, you know, it really is you're praying as you're doing this motion with your body and your and your fingers are feeling the beat so that so that you your prayer becomes connected to your body when you're saying the Hail Marys or you're saying the Lord's Prayer or, or on those different beads. And I think you know, I think we we've we lost that for a long time and I think that's coming back. This is part two, listeners, evangelizing with the doodle. So when I decided to talk about the gift of praying with the pen, or really the doodle, right? I started to look for people who in some way have professionalized the doodle for the church. (laughs) So I, I literally typed in doodle into my search feed in Instagram, and the first person to pop up was this wonderful woman. So I am Allie Hoffman. I was born in California, but grew up in Texas. Allie Hoffman, curator of the Instagram feed, Oodles of Doodles. And I found Allie, as you can probably guess, because I was curious after talking to Sybil if there were Catholics out there in the world who used doodling as a form of prayer. But we need to back up a moment because like everyone, like all of us, Allie has a story. A story of her faith, a story of how she came to use doodling as a means of growing in the spiritual life. Okay, so right out of high school, I did a year of mission work with NET Ministries, National Evangelization Team. And the experience transformed her life. You see, Allie didn't grow up Catholic, but coming into the church and during her year as a missionary showed her what a faith-filled life could look like. She finished school at the University of St. Thomas with a degree in Catholic studies. And though she originally planned on being a marriage and family therapist, God, as it turns out, had other plans. I interviewed for a youth minister job at my home parish, and I got it. (laughs) Crazy. So I came back, and so so I studied in the fall. And when I came back in January, I started a youth ministry job, and that's where I am now. So it's like my full-time job is youth ministry, faith formation, 6th through 12th grade and confirmation. I love it. My home parish, my community, my people, they're amazing. It's it's an awesome job. So Allie is home. She's loving her life and her faith. But on the side, she's actually doing something, which a lot of people her age are doing. She's engaging on Instagram. And it's through this process that I found her. I was thinking about the start of this because I don't 
it had to have been from the Lord because four years ago, I, and when I, so when I pray, I take personal prayer time every day and I journal a lot and I just like to make things look pretty. Like I just love the aesthetic of making things look beautiful, especially scripture. And so I wanted to dedicate just more of my time in doing that in, in calligraphy and hand lettering and I didn't take any classes or anything, but it started four years ago as a New Year's resolution. Actually, when I was in Rome with the community I was living in, and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I never do New Year's resolutions, but I said, I'm going to do it. And I just chose Instagram for an accountability thing of, you know what, just a place to put this to practice every day for a year. And hence, Oodles of Doodles was born. Every single doodle. Allie shares comes directly from her own personal prayer time. Every insight, every quote or scripture to reflect on, all of it comes directly from a conversation between Allie and the Lord. Now it's just grown into a ministry, like you said, and it's just grown into me just sharing what the Lord has put in my own heart. Really, it's for me, but I know that the Lord speaks to me so that I can speak to other people and he wants to speak to other people and he just uses my voice. As her account has continued and as her followers have grown, Ali has thought from time to time about changing some of the original mission. For example, what about that name? <laughs> was that, Allie wondered at one point, something she should let go of? I was praying through a couple months ago, or about a year ago, about changing the name, because it's. I just started with the oodles of doodles. It wasn't meant to be anything professional or like crazy. Like It was just like, I'm just doodling, like whatever. And people are like, are those really doodles? I, thought, I don't know. So I was praying through like a name change and branding and all that stuff, but God just put it in my heart. He was like, no, like the name... It was not a mistake that I chose that name because it's it's whimsy, it's joyful, and I think a lot that um, the Lord is gifting me, which is just giving me this title, Warrior of Joy, and just this whimsy that it doesn't have to be this, you know, strict kind of time meditation, or doesn't have to be, you know, this solemn whatever, but that through doodling, what I call doodling, and through hand lettering, like it's just a joyful, whimsy time with the Lord. I've worried a bit as I planned this episode that people would hear the word doodle and somehow be offended, especially the hand letterers listening, (laughs) or some people might just be confused, right? But when I say doodle, I mean simply the intentional, creative act of putting pen to paper and communicating something which perhaps you couldn't quite say in another way. Whether you're a professional calligrapher or you simply doodle in a journal, it's this which is at the heart of the doodle. Articulating with the pen what you couldn't seem to say with words alone. And in Allie's case, what started out as her doodling, not necessarily with a lot of artistic training, but it turns out when you make the commitment to a craft, you're really bound to get good at it, right? And anyone who ventures into Allie's page sees this. Her work is beautiful. It really is. And this beauty is communicating through one of the most popular mediums in the world, Instagram. It's communicating the love and the mercy of God. But something else has also happened along the way for Allie. She started noticing the spiritual benefits, not just for her followers, but also for herself. Not simply in the words communicated, 
but in the creative act itself. Just the act of writing it, it causes me to slow down. And in prayer, I've been trying to practice being very conscious of if something, if if what I'm reading, whether it's scripture, whether it's, you know, devotional, whether it's same writings, whatever it is, if something sticks out to me, a word or a phrase, I stick with that. And I don't try to rush and move on because I know that the Lord has something. And so I, I kind of, I'm learning to be more free in my prayer to be interrupted rather than I have to get through all these readings and this rosary and this and this and blah, blah, blah. In the work she shares, Allie uses a process called faux calligraphy. There basically are thicker lines for every downstroke on the letter, if that makes sense. Her works are always written on simple white note cards. She brings a whole stack of them into her prayer time every time. (laughs) And the process forces her in the busyness of her life, in the craziness of her day. The process forces her to slow down. Reading carefully and slowly, internalizing the words more deeply than she would without the process of praying with the pen. And then... She does something I absolutely love. And then I have all of these reminders everywhere and I'm able to give them out or I have a wall in my room where um, it's just it's almost like wallpaper just covered in these um, truths and this promises of the Lord or saint quotes or just, you know, things that are accompanying me. So that act of writing makes me slow down and just be super aware of the present moment and what the Lord is speaking to me. Did you guys catch that? (laughs) Allie will leave adoration with her cards in hand, and she will literally carry these prayers, these physical prayers, into the lives of others. And this, to me, is the genius of oodles of doodles. It's not simply for Allie's own personal enrichment. It's actually about sharing the gift of truth through beauty with others. It's using the doodle using the creative art of hand lettering to evangelize. Which brings me to part three, slowing down with the doodle. And I decided it was time to introduce us to someone who has created a whole business through design, <laughs> hand lettering, and yes, even the doodle. I'm Katerina Deem. Katerina is a mother of four living near Pittsburgh and is trained in what might be surprising some of you listeners. I'm an engineer by trade. I'm a chemical engineer. So I worked in the oil industry for about 10 years before I decided to stay at home with our first. Shortly after beginning her new life as a stay-at-home mom, Katerina needed something to pass the time, a hobby to pour into, if you will, and she chose graphic design. She quickly opened her first shop called It Has to Be Yellow, and it all began simply as a means to share her gifts and her designs. But whenever she did begin creating logos or other designs, Katerina almost always used other people's fonts and lettering. She worried she simply didn't have the time to learn a new skill. And in fact, she said whenever she tried to letter, it never seemed to come out the way she hoped. But as soon as she began incorporating more scriptures and elements of her faith into her designs, she felt like the time was right to jump into the creative act of hand lettering. I just decided to 
pick it up officially. I've done it several times, but I started picking it up officially in the fall. And I also wanted to remove myself from the screen. I was in front of the computer a lot because most of the design I do is digitally. And it's here where Katarina said something which I think explains my whole interest in this topic to begin with. It has to do with a realization she had while beginning to dabble in the art of hand lettering. I just picked up a calligraphy book and I finally picked up one that uh, spoke to me in that the tips that she gave were very practical and that she expressed calligraphy as drawing as opposed to writing. So I was just before that I was always just writing and of course it never turned out the way that I wanted it to. So she said calligraphy is like drawing. And you have to take at least 10 times longer to draw a letter than you would usually write it. So that really spoke to me. Calligraphy is drawing. I thought about this observation again and again. (laughs) And I realized something. Doodling for me was never, ever simply writing words. It always included a creative artistic element, right? I never saw doodling, whether through my, I don't know, bubble letters or attempts at calligraphy or even the little animals that I liked to draw on my margins. I never saw any of those as simply writing shapes and letters. I always understood myself to be drawing. And it's here where we come to the spiritual fruits of hand lettering and perhaps why it's so appealing to so many people in our modern age. The careful art of hand lettering slows us down. But time itself seems to slow as well, right? In the busyness of our lives, in the hectic day-to-day, in the constant barrage of images that our brains receive, it's as if our bodies are just shouting at us to take a step back, slow down, and just that it really slows me down. It slows the soul to get really into the word, into each letter. You know, if we really believe in in the the scriptures being the sacred words, the sacred letters of, of God and how he speaks to us, then the movement, uh, the slow movement of, of writing the sacred words is just so, it just puts you in the presence of God. So I always use St. Francis as the cells uh, as the as my guide for putting myself in the presence of God as I go into Letio Divina. And the the slow motion of the lettering is really what, what, what gets me there. Of course, there's a process that precedes the lettering, right? You don't go right into lettering. You go through the Letio Divina of reading it, of, of really reflecting on the word. And then once you pick a word or a set of words that come out from that reflection, from that prayer, then you, you start lettering. And that's further meditation. That's almost like the fifth part of the Letio Divina that um, that I really enjoy and that I've, it, I've gotten a lot of fruit from. What seems amazing to me about hand lettering is that through the creative act itself, through the art, our bodies are becoming as they should be, at peace. And it helps, of course, that the craft is so accessible to each of us, even in the busyness of our lives, in the cracks of our day. I think also because it's a very accessible craft, it's a very accessible hobby, because you can you only need a couple of pens and, and, and paper. In fact, my girls, I have two girls, they're six and three, and because I really wanted to be away from the screen in their presence, you know, replying to emails or or whatever, I just picked up a sketchbook and I just started lettering and it was horrible. 
but it didn't matter to them. You know, it, it just they just loved the idea. So they asked for sketchbooks themselves and for for pens. And it's so sweet. You see my six year old like trying to do uh, not necessarily calligraphy, but just like the sans serif, like, you know, trying to get some shadows on the letters and stuff It's really sweet. And they just probably saw something that they enjoyed. And of course, as Sybil mentioned earlier, the engagement with our body has another added spiritual benefit. You know how they say you have to write lists down? You know, if you, if, like when you were in school and they said, well, when you take notes, you're going to remember it more than if you just heard it. So there's something about writing it. And, that's, and you're not just writing down a quote that was very powerful to you. You're lettering, you're drawing in, in an artistic way, uh, something that really touched you. And I have actually memorized scripture verses because of the lettering, because you have to go so slow. I wouldn't have that I wouldn't have otherwise. From her origins with her company, it has to be yellow, to the decision to learn more, intentional hand lettering, to her desire to fuse her faith with her art. Katarina went on to create her company, Little Way Design. So I opened uh, Little Way Design Company, actually on the Feast of St. Therese in 2017, October 1st. And I've been doing that since. And that's where the um, calligraphy challenge, uh, the lettering challenge came in. Yes the lettering challenge. <laughs> in fact, I reached out to Katarina because as I researched this incredibly popular world of hand lettering, I discovered Katarina's challenge. And I was so interested to hear about this idea and honestly about the response that she received. Because again, like I've already mentioned, part of me wanting to do an episode on this is because of the popularity of the craft including people, particularly women, who maybe desire to start but haven't yet begun. I guess that there there are a lot in social media, a lot of these um, secular illustrators and letterers, they do a lot of these challenges in the social media. And it's fun because you just kind of say, okay, we're going to do this. And, you know, every single day you're going to draw something or you're going to write a letter or something. And I had done a couple of those. and But as a mom, you know, it's just really hard. It's not the most important thing I do. So I always drop off. And I thought in the new year that it would be something neat to do with other people who always say, oh, I would love to do that. You know, or like that's such beautiful lettering. And I'm like, trust me, like if I can do it, anybody can. <laughs> like, this is not this is not that special. And I thought, you know, why not ask people and see if they want to join? Katerita mentioned to me that these sorts of challenges are pretty popular in other Christian circles as well, in particular evangelical Bible journaling communities. But the idea is so simple and yet so brilliant. <laughs> Let's do a couple of letters each day for 20 days. Last few days, they do some scripture verses or lines from saints, and then they can be united together through the creative act. It was so neat to see because people use the hashtag. A lot of people have private accounts, so you can't see it, but they would send me messages and, you know, tell me this is what I did today and everything. And to see people, especially moms too, said, you know, at the end of the day, I was so busy, but I made time for this because this is important and it really calmed me down. And they took pictures of their worksheets and a glass of wine. And, um, you know, then they also showed pictures of their children joining them. My friend here has a 12-year-old daughter and they did it together. And she said, this has brought me and my daughter together. They went to Michael's, got a bunch of pens. 
So it's more than just, you know, like a new craft or a new hobby is something that joins you with other people because, again, the craft is so accessible and you reflect on the sacred word while you do it. Which brings me to the final part of our story today. We're calling this section The Doodle and the Liturgy. And there was no one better to tell this story than this woman. My name is Christy Peters, and I am one of the co-creators of Every Sacred Sunday. Christy is a former art teacher, now working full-time as an artist. She was born and raised in Houston, and her Catholic faith has always been a part of her life. But it was in college when Christy decided to dive deeper and make her faith her own primarily through three guides. First, through a large group Christian organization on campus. Second, through the rise of Bible journaling, right? Extremely popular in the past 10 years. And third, through her relationships with her peers. And one of those peers, Cassie, would go on to have a huge impact in Christie's life, and in particular for our story today. Cassie and Christy roomed together in college, and when they both ended up in Houston after graduation, they decided to put together a group of ladies for a weekly Bible study. And every Sacred Sunday, kind of the whole genesis of it starts within that Bible study is we started talking about like, man, I, I would hear these great homilies and I would just forget them. You know, like you sit there, you're soaking it in, like you think you're going to remember it, but we don't, we have so many things in our minds. Um, and going back to like that college ministry I was talking about, we used to have our large group on Mondays and I would take like so many like pages and pages of notes during that time. So always being like a note taker, this was something that I noticed I could benefit from it in my own life. So, so we both saw a need for it in our own prayer life, in our own spiritual life, and just kind of realizing like it, this wasn't out there. This seemed like such a practical kind of straightforward tool and it didn't exist already, which was almost like mind boggling. And so every sacred Sunday was born, combining the remarkably popular rise of the Bible journaling community among our Christian brothers and sisters with the liturgical life of the church. And I agree with Christy's statement. How on earth did nobody think of this before? (laughs) So with the help of a friend and an incredibly successful Kickstarter campaign, Christy and Cassie moved forward. The second we talked about it, like we never stopped. Like we just never stopped. We kept moving forward after that. And it was so spirit led. Like I cannot... I can't even fully understand how much the Holy Spirit was just infused throughout this whole thing because there were so many times when like, technically it shouldn't have worked. Like we, we didn't know and we had no idea. Oh my gosh. We had no idea how complicated making a book could possibly be. It still, still makes me laugh looking back. We were like, well, how hard can it be? (laughs) Four prototypes of the journal were made and those were used to launch the Kickstarter campaign. And almost immediately after they sold their first batch of journals, they started receiving feedback. It actually took a little while for me to start doing that process. And I know like at my church, they would have these like art prayer meetings. And I was always like, I don't get it. Like I was like, I don't really do that. It it was funny. It, it, It took me actually a while to fuse the two. And there are almost times when I still resist that a little bit because it's like now art for me is work. Like it was a subject, it was a class in school and now it's even still work. 
probably the biggest breakthrough of that was, of course, with every sacred Sunday, because I was sitting and reading scripture and designing paintings, you know, based off of what I saw. And I, and I, I, when I started working on it, I was like, I can't not pray about Mm. these images. Like, I mean, I can't not infuse that. This is such a different ball game in some ways. So I would take my sketchbook into adoration. In the course of their time with Every Sacred Sunday, Cassie and Christy have heard from young mothers, but also from college students and priests, older men and women, so grateful to finally have a resource to bring praying with the pen into the liturgical life of the church. And one of the reasons I loved this story was how much Christy realized she needed this resource herself and the gift it has been for her own spiritual journey. You see, even though Christy was an art major in college, even though she dabbled in numerous artistic endeavors after college, including teaching art, leading classes at a local wine and paint canvas shop, even doing pet portraits, she also slowly began to realize the role beauty played in her relationship with the Lord. I think since I am a little bit more creative, I can like totally have my head up in the clouds sometimes. And sometimes I can really get lost in my own thoughts because of that. And I think that's one of like the best and worst things about my personality and my tendencies. Um, and so I love the book in the sense of like its physicality. Like I think like actually just holding it, I find that process centering. And like I was saying earlier, like the act of pen to paper is so calming to me. It keeps me focused too. Like if I'm sitting there and if I daydream and I look down and I realize I didn't write down one point from the homily I'm like oh well how much were you paying attention because for me to have my physical body and my like mind in the same place at once can be hard sometimes I know you've been hurting I know you've been broken this journey into the world of praying with the pen through a simple sociological interest in the phenomenon of the rise of hand lettering. I've looked at more hand lettering pages than I can count, frankly, seeing if I could notice any trends or points of interest. But as I slowly put this episode together, I realized something. Maybe God used my purely academic interest in this topic to renew a desire in my own heart. 
I began to realize that maybe I was noticing the rise of this because of the longing of my own heart. Almost every single person I talked to brought up the popularity of hand lettering and the prayerful doodle as a means to slow down. And more than one of my guests mentioned how beneficial this could be for young moms like me in particular. So perhaps I am drawn to this story, not simply because it has something that the church should be paying attention to. I realized it was something I should be paying attention to. Every time I edited these lovely women and their stories, I felt a tug in my own heart for that same slowness, the same careful, prayerful patience that comes with the heart of praying pen to paper. Listeners, I am, I'm tired. (laughs) I'm tired and I'm longing so much for the stillness that I've learned about through the creative act of praying with the pen. And the rise of this medium, the incredible rise of hand letterers, whether professionally or even just through hobbying, should be a signal to the culture and to the church that there are many out there just like me, longing for stillness longing to rest and maybe just maybe (laughs) it is a further sign that our souls are also longing for beauty god bless you listeners and we'll see you next month thank you so so much to all the amazing guests for today Please check out our website for information on all of their ministries, whether it's Sibyl's book, Praying in Color, or Katerina's wonderful shop, Little Way Design, Every Sacred Sunday, or Allie's Instagram page. We're so grateful for all of their insights and just thoughts about the careful art of praying with a pen in our story today. Thank you so much to Rita West for letting me use her song, Invitation, and to Novum Records as well. You can check out Rita's music also from a link to our website. We will be back in one month, or I guess a little more than one month. (laughs) We're going to launch again on the Feast of the Assumption, August 15th. Just a little summer break halfway through the season. Also, if you are able, please check out our website for information on how to support us on Patreon. Please, please leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or however you listen. It really helps to get the word out. And finally, if you are a small business, especially a Catholic small business specializing in the arts in some way, we would love to hear from you. We are venturing slowly into the world of advertising and sponsorships, and we'd love to partner with you in that journey. All right, gang, we'll see you in about a month. God bless you, and see you then.